What's going on, everybody? Thank you for joining us again on the Come What May podcast. Um, Lucas here with Marie, and we're going to be speaking about probably a bunch of different things in between, but for the most part, abortion. And I know that that's a kind of a hot topic. It's kind of died out recently in the last couple months because America's got very short intention spans. But we're going to rehash it, and we're going to speak about it and try and draw some conclusions and just give you some facts and informations about the whole ordeal and what abortion is and what it means to some people. And that's it. What you got for us, Marie? So with the Dobbs decision and the overturning of Roe v. Wade, we found that America kind of just was in an uproar, um, whether it was protesting or lots of Twitter posts, lots of celebrities weighing in giving their opinions and threats on supreme court justices and just a lot of unrest and it just really became a polarizing conversation for a lot of people it it wasn't just you could be pro-choice and we can still be friends or you could be pro-life and we could still be friends it really was just if you don't agree with me and you don't think our rights should be federally protected and all these kinds of things, then, you know, you can leave the country. We don't want anything to do with you, so on and so forth. And we would see lots of cases of people, just family members, friends, colleagues. It's, it was just a very toxic situation. And really, if we just take the history of what, the term abortion actually means where it comes from and really just walk it back to its most basic and its intended definition and bring it forward to today. And we really discuss the concept of what an abortion actually is doing. I believe we all can come to an agreement on what should be done with the access to abortions um, today. So what we'll do is we're going to talk through that. We'll start with just defining abortion and going from there. And then we'll start getting into the ancient history of it and more of the modern day stuff. Um, Lucas will be talking about Margaret Sanger and a lot of the eugenic side of things. And we're just going to give you everything possible and we're just going to walk through this together. Mm -hmm. It's interesting you mentioned that about the people not being able to even have a civil conversation about abortion in general. But I just think it's wild how that's pretty much like everything these days. Like, oh, if you're a Trumper, I can't even be friends with you. If you're this, I can't be friends with you. But the only way to get things done is to sit down and actually talk about it without emotionally and getting all buttered. I think the problem is that if you have a conversation, especially about something like this, there really, I don't want to say there isn't a conversation to be had, but it exposes the fallacies that live in some of the positions that people have. A lot of people really aren't educated on what it is, why people are upset, why people on either side feel passionately about it. They just have mainstream talking points and 
that's just what they believe and they can't go any further than that. They haven't done the research. And when they get into a conversation with someone that has done the research, it's easier just to get upset and deflect than acknowledge the fact that you don't actually know what's going on. You are being told what to think. Yeah, I think that's the typical response to any argument that you haven't done any research into. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so first, let's just start with the definition of abortion. And that is the deliberate termination of a human pregnancy most often performed during the first 28 weeks of pregnancy. Um, the medical definition is the expulsion of a fetus from the uterus by natural causes before it is able to survive independently. And the biology definition is the arrest of the development of an organ, typically a seed or fruit, which seeds and of fruit and other fruits, actually, if you plant them again, they're just going to grow and birth more fruits. The arrested development... <laughs> arrested the arrest of the development of yep that's a weird definition i mean you're basically stopping something from being able to grow into what it's supposed to and is capable of so i think that's like when you're arrested and you're put in jail you're not able to be free to live your life and experience life Mm -hmm. so if you're arrested development of an organ or development of a baby then you're stopping it from you're stopping the baby from being able to be born and um, grow into an adult. Mm-hmm. So the term abortion actually comes from Latin and it's aboriri, and aboriri means miscarry, um, Latin abortio, and um, ab is to is a miss and. The other half of that um, is to appear, be born, arise. That's the or-re-re. And so if you put it together, to miscarry, be aborted, fail, disappear, pass away. Um, abortionem, which is also is the actual term for miscarriage in Latin. And it's abortion procuring of an untimely birth the expulsion of the fetus before it is viable. So it wasn't until the the 1540s that it turned into the expulsion of the fetus before it is viable. And that's when the first time you actually see the term viable enter the conversation. So how long have, I guess, how long has civilization itself been practicing abortions? Like how long is this practice going on? Because I know back in way back in the day, they would sacrifice their children to bring rain and, food and all kinds of stuff they thought that if they gave something up of their own that was precious to them that the gods would appease them and so i mean child sacrifice in itself has been going on for a long time and i mean i think that's what abortion is but more to the point how long exactly do you think or do you know or have you found that abortions have actually been going on in civilization so If you just do a simple Google search, it's going to bring up Egypt first. And it says from 1550 to 1600 BC, induced abortion um, is first recorded. But if you do a little bit more research, which is what I did, because 15, the 1500s doesn't seem that 
far away, but I feel like it had to have been going on for longer than that. And just like you were saying, we know in ancient times, they would sacrifice their babies for a variety of different reasons. Um, And so that has to be significantly earlier than 1540. And so it actually, the very first ever recorded induced abortion was actually in China between 500 and 515 BC. Um, It was... They started out with prescriptions or um, basically toxic medications and um, oral ways to take it, but those were dangerous. It was doing more harm than good to the woman. Mm-hmm. So they looked for other means to get it done, but there is a few different ways. So the first one is Da Tai. And that's the striking of the fetus. The, the, se- the striking of the fetus? The striking of the fetus. It, does it say what that means? Do we know what that... No? I, I didn't want to go much further <laughs> okay. than that, honestly. <laughs> so then the second one is tai, And that's to make a fetus fall. I can only imagine. And then it's tai, which is to bring a fetus down. And then there's Duan Chan, and that's interrupt birthing. And so I, I feel like we can, if we want to do a little more research into that, we could probably figure out what exactly each of those were, but they're pretty self-explanatory, it sounds like. To make a baby fall. Mm-hmm. Um, Is that like the old coat hanger? I, I don't, I wouldn't say that per se, because it sounds like a lot of the these terms started before they got into the surgical stuff, and actually oh so that would make sense if you were to take some sort of herbal or tonic or whatever to make mm-hmm. a baby fall it would just fall out type it, of deal with, it, yeah exactly and with the last one it says interrupt birthing it's probably just it's the stopping the process so whatever it is it's some sort of medication some sort of whatever it's Basically, to stop it from able to be able to be born. What stage of the pregnancy that is, I'm not sure, but I feel like that it sounds more late term because um, it's stopping it from continuing. Um, you see it all the time if you ever watch. I mean, I don't know how real it is because it's Hollywood, but they usually depict things decently. If you watch any of the old uh, westerns or old things from Rome, things like that, all the prostitutes were like doing wild stuff to get rid of children and this was in the 1800s and then if you go back to the romans they were doing the same thing taking tonics and different things to basically induce a miscarriage exactly in um the in china what they did is after they started seeing how much of a risk and all the negative effects of like the medication that's when they looked to the development of medical procedures um, and to make devices to perform external abortions, aka vaginal abortions, so going through the vagina and um, terminating that way instead of actually taking a oral medication, just taking it right out. So that's when they would go in with tools and dismember the baby and pull mm-hmm. it out. Yep, so they ended up making or developing some of the earliest 
um, tools and medical supplies to perform an abortion. And it's, it's interesting because um, a lot of times when we talk about it in America, they're like, oh, back in the day, like it was so frowned upon and it was back alleys and no one was really talking about it. But it, it, it seems like the in ancient China, they took the like a proactive approach. They're just like, you know, this medication is just not working. Like we need to come up with something that's easily accessible for mm-hmm. people to make it safer for them to get rid of this baby that they don't want. And it's, it kind of, it level sets to see where the mindset was back then, how it travels forward and even into like the early 1900s and how it got to us today. But if we do look at the ancient Egyptians, I, I think they put this as the first thing that pops up usually if you Google it on purpose because they don't talk about taking tonics or anything like that they talk about having the women doing strenuous activity so basically the fatigue and running down their body is going to cause them to not be able to um, carry the child and they're going to lose the child so it wasn't as um, I guess involved like it wasn't as dangerous because they're not consuming anything and that's not at the same point of danger of someone like physically like trying to like cut into them, especially back in back in those ancient times, because 1500 BC. Um, but it's it's one of those things where they were just trying to the strenuous labor and the heat and exhaustion and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And you think they put that as the first search term you get to kind of try to like say that they weren't using these drastic measures that they're just like oh go do a bunch of exercise and that's how we'll get rid of the baby i mean maybe but at the at the same or maybe they're saying like look how far we've come but mm-hmm. and now that i think about it i, I think i have it backwards like, it, it makes sense egypt would be first because 1500 bc and then china's 500 bc yeah so yeah, no, the, the Egypt is first. It is first. The Egyptians were doing some wild stuff mm-hmm. for hundreds, thousands of years before mm-hmm. any other known civilizations were doing anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. But so it's right that it makes sense that Egypt would pop up first because I mean they are first. I just can't count. And it's interesting to me to see how and i guess you'd say in a thousand years they went from you know just just tire the woman out make her you know really fatigued and all these different things and the baby will pass naturally if you can call it that all the way to taking these tonics and stuff to force it to happen like i just i just wonder how it, how they went from strenuous activity to taking poison to then surgeries. Like it's, it, it doesn't seem like an, maybe it is a natural progression if that's what you want to call yeah, it. Yeah. My guess was the strenuous activity probably didn't always work and have the mm-hmm. results, the desired results. And then the tonics and the supplements, the basically witchcraft poison was mm-hmm. probably killing 75 to 80% of the women and then as they kind of developed more medicine and practices, they were like, oh, we can just shove a sword up there, basically, and mm-hmm. cut it up. I mean, in all reality, that's how they do it today. They shove some pincers up there and chop stuff off. And yeah. 
Exactly. It's dismemberment is um, what they talked about a lot. And so I think what we should do now is just we're going to just really take apart the definition of the word. So we have the termina- termination of, was it a human pregnancy is what it was? One second. Yes, termination of a human pregnancy. And so if we take um, the definition for a human being, that's a man, woman, or child. And if you take the definition of man, woman, or child, then you're going to, it comes down to a person. And if you, um, and in Latin, it was persona, which was human being. Um, and if we take the definition of a fetus, actually, let me pull that up here really quickly. Yeah, I was curious about that. What is exactly are they calling yes. a fetus? It's an offspring of a human or other mammal in stages of prenatal development that follow the embryo cycle. So stage in um an offspring of a human and so if we just back into that and um we go all the way down to the fact where it's basically saying the fetus is a human being and the definition of a human being is a man woman or child and if you look at those definitions it talks about a it says person and that's where you end up getting down to personhood personhood yeah, so that's when um that's when they're talking about personhood with the Fourteenth Amendment, and talking about who has actual rights, basically. Um, and the argument is always comes down to the definition of personhood, and any definition that you look at for a person or personhood. So, the definition of personhood is the quality or condition of being an individual person human being um hood is state of condition quality position so basically it's the whole concept of personhood is if that extends to a fetus but by definition a fetus human being person they all web together to say that the fetus is a person right we know this and so i think that's where people get lost in the conversation because at the end of the day we can all agree that the fetus whether we want to acknowledge it or otherwise the fetus is a person yeah and we're during the abortion process we're killing a human being yes and if we think of the term murder and um myrrh the root of myrrh which is means to rub away or to die and if you're stopping the development of a fetus you are causing it its life to cease and that's why it talks about the termination of and i think it's easier for people to look at the term abortion because it's just saying the termination of a pregnancy and it's termination of a human pregnancy people don't want to go further than that because if if you put in there this is the termination of a person 
there's a problem. If you say it's the termination of a baby, there's a problem. Yeah, so do you, is that what you think is kind of the one of the reasons why people are so readily able to accept abortion is because the way that they phrase it and the way that they sell it to the public? And I think it's because of the way that it's defined because we basically changed the definition of abortion for the general public. And but when if we look at medicine, for example, they still use the term abortion to describe a bunch of different procedures. And that's always been a point of contention for people because they're just like, well, miscarriages are an abortion because the medical industry says that it is and they turn they label things as abortion. So if they outlaw abortion, then the medical industry, they're not going to be able to help people. And that's where they start being able to say that it's healthcare because they're saying it's healthcare because of the medical industry using it for its true term to be a miscarriage and it's miscarrying. But then they're also putting their own definition in the general public to say that it's the termination of a pregnancy. But if they said abortion is to is miscarry and you start getting to the fact of it's either an abortion to miscarry or induced abortion, which is purposeful, there's a there's a big difference. They would need to be defined differently. Like there wouldn't be another term for it. It really would just be murdering somebody. Well, don't you think all the people that support abortion and a woman's right to choose don't you think that they know that they're murdering a child and they're just trying to use semantics and terminology to say that they're not murdering a child? Or do you think that they truly believe that it's not a person? It could be, but right now it's not. It's a sack of cells, blah, blah, blah. I think it depends on the person. And truly, I think it does depend on the person because I've seen some people say that it's just a sack of cells and it hasn't really developed into a baby yet and all these different things. And up until a certain point, which is, I think that's why they started talking about until it's viable. But again, that didn't come into play until 1540. And that's, that's late, late, late. Yeah. Was it, is, I guess my question would be, was abortion back then such a big deal as it is today? Or was it common practice or was it still like, uh, we don't want to do that. In ancient times, it wasn't a favorable thing, from what it from what I've read. It, it I mean, it was it was fairly common. I'm, I'm not going to say it wasn't common. Well, there was lots of whores and prostitutes. So. Yeah, <laughs> prostitutes. Um, <laughs> but it it wasn't something that people wanted to do, but they knew it was available. It, it, it was pretty much the same type of thing that it was, I would say, in the early 1900s where people talk, like people knew that it went on, but no one wanted to talk about it. Or you had a lot of the politicians and like between the 50s and early 2000s where they would send their daughters to like Switzerland or to another country to have it done. Puerto Rico was a hub for that at one point before it became a territory. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. So if you needed it, it was there, but it was like in the dark. It was a secret. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And now it's just if you want to go to college and you're pregnant, go get an abortion. If you're in high school, get an abortion. If you don't want to, if you got to go to work, get an abortion. If you want to live a life, get an abortion. They basically made it to the point where it's like, 
having a child is such a negative strain on your life that it's better to just murder it, which is incredibly strange because throughout, well, I mean, obviously situations we just talked about in the ancient days, there's reasons why people would do it. But in today's day and age, it's like their women are being told if you want to be happy, you can't have a kid mm-hmm. until you're 35 and married and settled down, blah, blah, blah. Now, I'm not advocating for women just to be getting pregnant and like single moms and all this. You should be married. You should have a husband and have a family established when you start having kids. But that's not always what happens. But it doesn't mean you should murder your kid because life is going to get hard now. Exactly. And I, and I think what we need to do is just look at the different positions in general. And so like pro-choice by definition is a couple things. So it's the belief someone has a right to choose pregnancy or abortion advocating for the legalization of abortion. And I mean, basically people, people know what it is that they're doing. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, that's why it's, that's why I, I go back to what I talked about way earlier with the sacrifice of children. Mm-hmm. That's why I brought it up because now you know what you're doing mm-hmm. and you're literally sacrificing this child so that you can live a supposed better life mm-hmm. because they always say, Oh, it's going to lead women into poverty. We shouldn't raise kids or bring children into impoverished situations. But at that rate, like they act like poverty is a death sentence in itself. I think a lot of it does come down to just not giving women enough credit either. It's it's acting like if you have a kid, like that's it. Your life's over. You're never going to make any money. You're never going to amount to anything. But we've seen time and time again that that's not the case. And we can also look at a lot of the different government assistance if we really want to get into that. There's so many benefits out there whether it's WIC, child support, food stamps, housing allowances, like there's a ton of stuff out there that is provided. And I'm not gonna say that welfare is a great option or it's something for people to aspire to to say like, well hey, like if I have a baby I'm gonna get all this money so I can support myself and I can get by and I can have a part time job that makes just enough so I can still qualify. Like it's that's not a way to live, but that's what they're talking about when they're saying, Well, women's just gonna live in poverty because the moment they hear they're pregnant and they think their life's over, they're thinking, Oh, I'm gonna have to be on welfare. I'm going to have to be on WIC. I'm going to not be able to afford to do the things that I want to do. It's it's a combination of things, you know? And I, and I think people are misassociating the two in a way. So, like, if you think about welfare, welfare is, is just basically it's money being handed to you, but it's only enough to get by, right? And people automatically think, okay, well, when a woman has a baby, she can't work anymore. So she's going to need just enough to get by. So what is she going to do? She's going to, she's going to apply for whatever assistance programs she can, but to keep that, you're not really working. You're not going through the steps to get like a full-time good paying job. You're not going to put yourself in a position where you can afford um, child care or any of those things because you become so dependent 
on the welfare and the government assistance to help you get by. You think that's your only option, but when you get put yourself in a situation where you only have one option, you're you're going to miss it. But if people looked at that as I'm making $50,000 a year, I live comfortably, like it's just me and then next thing you know, I find out that I'm pregnant and now I'm just like, well, I can't keep that $50,000 job because then I won't I won't qualify for any of the benefits or if I do keep that $50,000 job, I won't be able to afford my car or to go do all these things that I want to do, but in actuality, you would be better off with keeping your $50,000 job and then not living with luxuries, living with necessities because $50,000, even in this economy, goes a lot farther than any government assistance that you can get. Yeah, of course. Of course it does. Um, I don't know if that is like a... I don't know. It's hard to say. If you have a child and you need assistance, it's good that there is assistance for you. Mm-hmm. But like you said, it ends up being to the point where you get trapped in it. Mm-hmm. But is that like people will use that there as a reason to get abortions Mm -hmm. that they don't want to. That's what we're talking about is they don't want to get trapped in the government assistance. They don't want to be getting trapped in the poverty. And that's the thing, because if they they're they're saying that that's the reason why they don't want to get trapped in like poverty and welfare. But at the end of the day, if they kept their 50,000, even if it's like $45,000 salary job and it has any sort of benefits you're still going to be better off and in some cases you can still qualify for some other things without having to give up that full that full-time good paying job or anything mm-hmm. so I, I in a lot of ways i feel like if they if people use the not want to get trapped in poverty and the welfare as a reason to get an abortion like i, I feel like it's just an excuse it is it's that sacrifice that we're talking about it's the same thing too as if you basically when people say that and you can associate the same thoughts with well should poor people all be killed too Mm -hmm. is is all the people on government assistance should we kill them too or is this just for you and your child Mm -hmm. and it just i don't know the things are just crazy to me what else we got on there other because we're talking about the different stances so the next one would be pro-life so that's opposing abortion or euthanasia and the other one is ideological position opposing abortion on the grounds of the individual rights of the fetus more as a moral subject And those are pretty straightforward. I, I think it is interesting that it says the pro-life position is basically opposition of abortion and euthanasia. They, they're separating the two as like different concepts, but it's still the same conversation. Well, yeah, all of the pro-choice people will, will try to bash people that are like Republican or conservative. They'll say... Oh, you say you're pro-life, but you support the death penalty, this, that, and the other. What do we think about that? I mean, it's... I mean, the thing is, they're... they're, I don't want to say they're misguided, but, I mean, they're grasping at straws. And the reason I say that is because the death penalty is a very different thing 
than an abortion. Yeah, you're killing an innocent child in an abortion and you're killing a convicted pedophile or rapist or whatever in a death penalty case. I just think that's interesting that that's one of the arguments that they'll use. What other arguments do they try to use? I mean, the two, they want to say that they're different things, though, just to like sit on that for a second, because abortion is talking about the termination of a human pregnancy because that's what the definition is. They think euthanasia is different, but it's the same thing. Now people also look at the death penalty and euthanasia being two different things. No, it's the same thing. And they, they're all three are the same thing. Yeah. But people, because they have different names, mm-hmm. everyone looks at them differently. Um, but I believe the reason that they use euthanasia and abortion in the same discussion for pro-life is because it's the voluntary termination of a, of a life. Yeah. And it's an innocent life for whatever the circumstance is. Mm -hmm. Um, the other position that's out there is pro-life for me. Yeah. That's a, that's a good one. And that's basically belief that people can choose whether they are pro-life or pro-choice cannot force beliefs on other people so it'd be like me saying i choose to be pro-life for myself i'm not going to have an abortion but i can't put laws or anything in place and force it on somebody else who doesn't have that same belief system that wants to have an abortion and i i think that's where it gets tough because a lot of people look at the pro-life stance as being a religious or a religious stance, which you don't have to be religious to think abortion is wrong. Murder is murder no matter which God you serve. And see, that's the thing, but... And you, you serve a God no matter what, even if you think you don't, but we'll carry on. So with a lot of things, um, if you think about murder, for example, pretty much collectively, which is why... Every society on the planet, current and past, have laws against murdering somebody. Mm-hmm. And um, we can all agree that murdering is wrong. Why? Because we're taking somebody else's life. Yeah, and if you kill a pregnant woman, it's a double homicide. Exactly. And so, because there's two lives involved. Yeah, but if you just kill the baby on your own... You're in the clear. So like You're if, celebrated. And so that's You're the thing. so brave. So if the mom decides to kill her baby with an abortion, so if the mom decides to murder her child in the womb, it's not murder. But if a mother births the child... And then drops her in a dumpster. And then drops her in a dun- dumpster or shakes her... Even if it's on accident, that's considered murder. Mm-hmm. Why? Because they took a life. Yeah. It's it's a really fine line, but if we can all agree that murder is wrong and we know that abortion is the termination of a human life, then realistically we all know that that is wrong. What we're doing now is deciding who has the right to take a life and who doesn't? Mm-hmm. Who, what lives matter and which lives don't? Yeah. Which 
I mean, if we want to get mainstream when they talk about the Black Lives Matter movement, we we see how they're saying that abortion, those babies' lives don't matter. And they're saying that Black Lives Matter just to say that all lives matter equally, but unborn babies don't count. No, they don't matter. But uh, we'll segue into this now that we're on the Black Lives Matter and abortion. Mm -hmm. We can talk about a lot of the history of Planned Parenthood and its founder, Margaret Sanger. And I'll just give you a little bit of back information. So Margaret Sanger founded the American Birth Control League in 1921. And in 1942, the American Birth Control League changed its name to Planned Parenthood Federation of America where she served as the president from 1952 to 1959. Now, Margaret Sanger is a leading advocate for eugenics. And eugenics is the theory of racial improvement and planned breeding, the belief that humans could perfect human beings and and eliminate so-called social ills through genetics and heredity. The use of methods such as involuntary sterilization, segregation and social exclusion sanger was the leading advocate of the eugenics movement and what i what, the reason why i'm bringing it up now with the black lives matter is because she was focused on a lot of the poor blacks in the south and different things like that one of her quotes is <clears throat> morons mental defectives epileptics illiterates paupers unemployables criminals prostitutes and dope fiends ought to be surgically sterilized if they wish they should be able to choose a lifelong segregated existence in labor camps and this is the lady that founded planned parenthood and i just think that's wild because all of these people are like standing up, rallying around abortion, and they don't even know where the American abortion type of ideology came from. They don't understand the eugenics of it. They don't understand the racial aspects of it. They don't understand any of it. They don't understand that they are being slaughtered systematically. Because if you look, where are the Planned Parenthoods? They're all in like low-income areas, predominantly black or Latino Mm-hmm. demographic areas and cities exactly and that's why in 1939 margaret sanger helped to initiate the negro project in which she wanted the doctors involved in this project to be black in order to gain the trust of the african-american community here's what she said the minister's work is also important and also he should be trained perhaps by the federation as to our ideals and the goal that we hope to reach We do not want word to go out that we want to exterminate the Negro population. And the minister is the man who can straighten out that idea if it ever occurs to any of their more rebellious members. So not only Margaret Sanger, but many of the medical professionals in the early and late mid-1900s, they performed compulsory sterilization on black women that they considered to be of low intelligence as well as those considered morally or behaviorally deviant. And that's just some of the notes that I had to talk about that that's just insane. That they literally were trying to weed out the 
what would you call it? Like the deplorables, as Hillary mm-hmm. Clinton would say, of society. And that's what Planned Parenthood was all about. Is all about eugenics and breeding out what they didn't want to be major parts of society. And a lot of that is black people, is what they believed. Mm-hmm. And today... You have Black Lives Matter championing in the streets that women's black women need abortions and black women make up like a large percentage of all abortions in America, but only make up 7% of the population. And these people don't even realize that they, the reason those statistics are the way they are is because that's what the government and the people in charge want is to destroy you. And it's. It's sad because people try to say, oh, because like people know about Margaret Sanger and they know that's where it started. And ironically enough, the woman that's the president of Planned Parenthood right now is a black woman. Um, But you have to think like people just decide, well, that was history that was in the past. Like it's not happening now. That's not the people that are here. We know we've learned we've come a long way. But the thing is, being racist is a negative thing. Like, it's not a positive thing, right, in society. That's a big thing with, with woke, with the woke stuff. Like, you can't be racist. You can't have any issues with someone that's a minority or anything like that. So that mentality that Margaret Sanger had back then of wanting to exterminate the black people, it wasn't going to work, especially when a lot of black people that are successful are in entertainment. Like it's, it's not gonna, it's not gonna fly if that's the, what you're pushing when people that are making millions, billions of dollars on TV, people can see it that they're, they're not going to just sit there and say like, oh, we're terrible or we're deplorable. Clearly we're doing well for ourselves, that kind of thing. It mm-hmm. doesn't work. So you have to have a different discussion. They had to turn the discussion towards how it's beneficial for you. How it brings freedom to your life and it's health care. Exactly. And in a lot of ways, it's it's sacrificing your baby for the God of self. Yep. Um, for your own betterment, for your own joy. And and that's why it, it only worked to say like, hey, like we're actually doing this for you. We want to make sure that you have ample opportunity to escape poverty that is st- statistically proven to be more likely for someone that looks like you. Mm-hmm to help you be able to put your best foot forward and have more opportunities. And the way to do that is to kill your baby, which then means you're not continuing to reproduce and populate the earth and all that kind of stuff. And that's a lot of why black, the black population never goes past about 14%. I think the highest it ever went to was like 18%. And, and then the crack epidemic hit. Mm-hmm. I'm just making that up. I don't well, know. <laughs> I'll say I wouldn't say the crack ep- epidemic, but it's it severely impacted by abortions. I mean, 20 million abortions and since like what since 50 years since Roe v. Wade, mm-hmm. 20 million abortions were black babies. Yeah, and it's interesting because what I was reading about Margaret Sanger, she would go, she would create little organizations and they would go into the deep south and say that they're like, 
trying to help with contraceptive and women's health care in poor black areas. And it's just like, to me, it seems like a front, like we're going to come out and say we're helping you. But really what we're gaining from helping you is that you won't be reproducing the kind of people we don't want to be reproduced yes and then like you said today they say they don't do that but their processes and policies and the things that are happening still reflect those ideas because those are the target audience of what's going on now everybody's getting abortions but like we said earlier it's majority black women or people of color as they would say and you can go on Planned Parenthood's website. Uh, I don't think I have it up anymore, but where it talks about, oh, we're denouncing Margaret Sanger. We don't do that. We think that what she did was deplorable, blah, blah, blah. And you can come out and say that, but at the end of the day, you're doing the same stuff that she did. You were built, your legacy is built on her foundation, and you're continuing to do Margaret Sanger's bidding. Because they're not going through the process of, offering options they it's really just it's birth control or murder also the the money is abortion too like that's the thing like they make more if women have abortions and if we're really looking at it like they're still using the model that margaret singer developed what 70 years ago now like it's it's Mm -hmm. not like they went through a complete overhaul and redid it and changed their values and pulled their centers out of predominantly black or minority populated cities. And they didn't do any of that. It's, it's, they continue doing the same thing and saying, we're not doing it because we're racist. We're doing it because this is better for you. Like, because Sanger, we care. <laughs> yeah. Because we care. Like Margaret Sanger, like, she sucked like she was a terrible person she a racist but we're not racist we just we just want to help you not be able to populate the earth with more people that look like you because you matter yep that's why that and that's what's funny too since we started this conversation on this part with uh black lives matter mm-hmm. we we get into black lives matter all the time don't we yeah <laughs> we do. it's just the this the wildness of it is it's fun to talk about because that's what they do is they want to shout black lives matter but at the same time let's kill our babies at the same time let's just talk about black lives when the police kill them but when black people kill black people We're not going to talk about that. And the reason why I even bring it up is because it just upsets me because these are people that are literally targeted by the people that say they're here to help. The Democrats, the leftists, the Wokies, they're coming out saying they're here to help. But then they say outrageous stuff like, oh, we don't need voter ID because black people can't get IDs. Joe Biden literally said... Black people can't use the internet. They don't know how to use computers. Like, it, it's just crazy because if you would actually do a little research into this stuff, you would see that there is a, there's like a systematic agenda to keep black people in a lower population and not allow them to thrive. And it's not like, Oh, white people are racist, blah, blah, blah. If you say you like Donald Trump, you're a racist. No, it's the people that you're sending your money to in order to defend you 
that are doing these things to you. Mm-hmm. And it's I, just wild to me. It just it pisses me off. And it's the stuff that they're championing that's causing them to not further themselves. Because if black people, because I, I did the math and I don't have the notes here because this was for a completely different project I was working on. But if you do the math, like let's say like 25 to 30 percent of all the of the 20 million black babies that have been aborted were women and if they each had two to three kids each the black population would go from 12 percent the 12 to 14 that it usually hovers to about 30 plus percent of the population it'd be between 30 and 40 i want to say it was like 38 percent you would think that the Democrats would want that because they would get more and more votes, but they don't want the blacks to be in control. They just want to use them as pawns because they don't they don't need they don't need a bunch of no. black votes. They they need just enough, and it's it's statistically like it it the numbers make sense. Like you just need you have a guaranteed. 13% of the population voting for you every time. Yeah, and if you let them grow too much, then they could sway other ways and develop their own thoughts. But if you keep them where they're at and mm-hmm. force feed them nonsense and keep killing their babies, they will stay in that state. Because a lot of the um, successful like black businesses from like the 1900s, they were, they were family-operated Mm-hmm operations like that's what they were and if you're not having children or if you're getting into the wrong stuff then it's it's not going to flourish but if they had a tight family unit people would be flourishing and doing well and and we can clearly see that we have a ton of people in the entertainment industry we have ben carson who one of the best surgeons to ever exist all are black individuals like there's it's not a matter of it's not it's like a will or skill issue it's it's a will issue at this point and people need to look at what was the true purpose for the abortion movement in America today and a lot of it comes down to people feel like something's being taken away from them. Um, women feel like they're losing bodily autonomy. Um, they worry about if they get raped or if life threatening, like it's, they appeal to the emotion of that emotional experience of, Oh, like I could die. Like, I don't want to die like this. If I'm in a life threatening situation and it's me or this baby, but I can just get rid of this baby beforehand and then I'm going to live. Then, and you're going to take that option away from me, you're basically telling me I need to die. But we've looked at the numbers. I think we all can agree because it is factual that rape, incest, and the life of the mother makes up less than 1% of all abortions. So truly, we need to look at what are all these other abortions for and it's really just looking at people feel like feeling like they're missing out or they're going to have something taken away from them yeah and real quick this is saying uh 
Childbirth has nine deaths per 100,000 deliveries. So, I mean, that's one of their arguments, like you said, is that, oh, I could die during it. Well, sure, you could. You could die going to work tomorrow. You could die doing all mm-hmm. kinds of stuff. You have a, I don't know what the math on that nine deaths per 100,000 is 0.4% or less. You're probably not going to die. You could. You could also die in an abortion. Because mm-hmm. this statistic says, now it says, the death rate for legal abortions is 0.7 deaths for one, every 100,000 abortions. But we were just talking about that, and them numbers are wrong because it should be there are 100,000 deaths for every 100,000 abortions because 100,000 children are killed. And see, I think that's that's the thing. It's It's choosing who lives and who dies and they're like well this person's already living they're already here this other this baby isn't even here yet why should they be why should they get to live and the other one die but i mean at the end of the day like and and lucas and i have talked about this and i don't i don't know if he necessarily agrees with me but i've come to the conclusion that if i'm in labor right and the doctor goes to him and says like they're they're dropping fast like we only we can only save one of them like i'm telling him he needs to choose to save the baby like tell the doctor you need to do everything you can to save both but ultimately the baby's the priority and why is that i don't know because you're selfish okay no (laughs) because i'm almost 30 years old i haven't even turned 29 yet right I've lived a lot of life. I made the decision to carry and cook this baby to bring it to life. I've lived. This baby hasn't even had the opportunity to experience life. And I'm not going to rob them of their opportunity because they didn't ask to be here to begin with. I chose to bring them here. And if I've had 30 good years the least i can do is try to give them one two what if they get 80 years and i only got 30 like i would take that as a win for me Mm -hmm. so with roe v wade going on what is america's stance on this so they'll say that most people are in favor of abortion however what i've seen it's 80 percent of americans i think it's like 87 percent believe that there should be some form of restriction on abortion they'll tell you all day that it's like 80 percent of americans believe abortion should be legal and just stop it there but actually it's they believe that there should be some form of a restriction. Because a lot of people are not at the point of saying that they don't want abortions to be around. Like, they, they don't want to say no abortions ever. They Because they're hung up on the rape, incest, life, life or death situation, and so on and so forth. So if we have to just ease people into the idea of the fact that ultimately abortion is murder... You have to start with people recognizing that there needs to be some restriction because for all of these people, 87% of people believing 
that there should be some form of restriction that abortion shouldn't just be a free for all at any time shows that they truly do understand what is happening. And I think that's where we get into the whole viability discussion because originally it was, they thought viability was about 20 weeks. And I believe that's why Roe v. Wade was where it was. And nowadays viability keeps getting less and less because really they talked about the heartbeat and now we've gotten so advanced with technology they can see oh the the heartbeat starts just a couple weeks in yeah see and to go back to what you said a minute ago about how you would rather die Mm -hmm. than and then have the baby see i i get that and i understand that that's one of people's arguments is like we need to have abortions because if the mother's in danger, we need to be able to abort the child. And like you already said, you, I probably disagree with you, which I'm going to disagree with you. I That is one of the only circumstances where I'm like, I don't know. I think I would rather have my wife and maybe we can try again. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how that works, that if your wife is pregnant and the baby and it's one or two is going to die if you can even have another baby after that, if this is just a one-off or what. But, I mean, I, I guess I sympathize with that argument because I don't want to lose my wife. I would rather lose the – I know it, my child is going to die, but I've had time with my wife. I don't know the child yet. I guess that's my thought. I don't know what the people think about it. I know that's the argument, like you said, and one of them. But I'm torn on that one because, for one, I agree, abortion is not good. It's murder. Mm-hmm. But I, there are certain circumstances where someone's going to die. You have to choose. I would choose my wife. That's just me. And you'd be pissed. You know, that's 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 the problem. I know if I'm like, because I'll be unconscious at this point. I'm like, save the baby. In my head, I'm like, save the baby. And he's just like, she literally said, save her. Okay, like, take care of her. And like, this, this is morbid. So I mean, I, I, we're going <laughs> to... But divert ourselves th- from that's that. why but, I, that's why originally i moved on to mm-hmm. the next question because i didn't want to think about the whole situation but then as you were talking it forced me to think about it and i'm like oh my <laughs> no because <No>. i <laughs> i think the 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 discussion with the in the life of the mother doctors will tell you the procedures that are needed to be done when it comes to the life of the mother being in danger are not abortion. Like there's literally a negative five instance of where an abortion is necessary to save the life of the mother. They'll, they'll tell you that that's the thing. And they go through the different procedures to try to deliver the baby naturally They'll go to the, and still spare the mother, watching her vitals, making sure she has fluids, all that kind of stuff. The processes that they have, the actual procedure, abortion isn't there. It, you yeah, don't it's need not to. An abortion. No, and I think that's where you're able to conflate the two because abortion really means to miscarry. We've labeled it as voluntary termination of a a human pregnancy 
So anytime you talk about it, if you look it up, they're like, oh, it's it's a late term abortion procedure that they use at the hospital in this situation. So, I mean, abortions are necessary when realistically, even the procedure they use isn't even called like an abortion. Yeah. So is that kind of what we're seeing is that um, in order for people to be, I guess, pro-choice or justify these things, like we said, they use rape, which is very few numbers that happen where rapes resulting in pregnancy are very few mm-hmm. incest resulting in pregnancy is very few mm-hmm. and then what is that what they call a topic pregnancy or i don't know what that is but my point is and then like we said the mother being in danger so we need an abortion but i guess my point is uh in those circumstances it's not actually an abortion so is it the fact that these people are just ignorant to the to the science of the things, the medical procedures, and they lump them all in? So then they're like, oh, we have to have abortion because of these things? Or mm-hmm. is that just the excuse for the child's sacrifice to have a better life than one with a child? So I think for a lot of people, they're lumping them all together, which is the same thing. And I know we keep talking about this and we're getting off track, but like it's the same thing with a lot of civil rights issues because not everyone's going to agree on like LGBT um, Q things like marriage, for example. However, when it came to um, talk, when you talk about that issue, they lump them all together talking about, interracial marriage and they talk about homosexual marriage because if it's in the same bill they've already proven it's unconstitutional to tell two consenting adults um based on their race that they can't get married um it's with due process now when you talk about homosexual marriage there's a lot of different nuances because now you're getting into people's beliefs and their religious belief system and all these different things. And now you're pushing something onto somebody else. So if, if it was standing by itself, that's why for so many years it didn't pass. But once they start talking about the two together, that's why now they have the respect for marriage act because it would not have passed by itself. They needed to have both. And so in this situation, they're not willing to accept that, okay, abortion's not available for anyone except if it's the procedure needed um, in the event of like at, you're at the hospital and the mom's life's in danger and stuff like that. They're, they're basically like, it's an all or nothing. You can't tell me when or when I can or, well, doctors are afraid they're going to lose their licenses if they do the wrong thing or make the wrong call. Like, that kind of thing. It's an all or nothing mm-hmm. for people. So what are the the states, I guess, that are pro and against? And because, like you said, most people agree that there needs to be some sort of abortion, but there needs to be regulations on it. So what are the states? What are the states saying, I guess? So Alabama bans all abortions except in cases of life-threatening pregnancies. Which is the way it should be. Alaska, <laughs> come one, come all. Um, you can have an abortion. I think the only thing that's required is direct state-directed counseling 
and parental consent for minors. Um, Arizona, they're at 15 weeks of pregnancy, except if necessary to save the mother's life. Um, Arkansas, they're, they're, you're not having an abortion and they don't care what the reason is, except if it's a life threatening situation. So not rape, not incest, none of those things, not just because you're worried that you're going to lose your job or any of those kinds of things. It's, is your life in danger? No, then you're not getting one. One second before we get to California. I just thought the, the rape thing real quick is just interesting because like, I understand you were raped. It's not. You didn't choose the father. It's traumatic, blah, blah, blah. But I guess the common argument is two wrongs don't make a right. And I, I don't, I guess I'm torn on it. I just don't support abortion in that manner. I could see, I guess, why you would want one. But that's still your baby. It's part of you. It's 50% your DNA. I think it's just because the psychological things and... I mean, this isn't, it wasn't a real situation, but I know there was like that SVU, Law and Order SVU episode where the woman was raped and then the rapist is coming out trying to gain custody of the child. Like it was the craziest, it's the craziest thing you can ever think of. And it is a fear of people because they're like, if this person decides to come and find me, am I going to have to now co-parent this child with my rapist like am i gonna have to tell my child that hey you're going to visitation with your father and they're like how did you mean like well he raped me in a back alley like it's 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 one of those conversations where it's it's not an easy conversation that's why no one has it it's not a light conversation Mm -hmm. but it is a conversation where you have to choose do is your life more important than another that's it because at the end of the day as women we know we are how babies are going to be are coming into this world like yes men play a part obviously yeah you're the dimensional portal but we are the vessels we are literally the vessel to help them grow and become a a little person like and there's a lot of there's a lot of weight that comes with that and so since we already know that that's what could happen the fact that someone's choosing that for you or taking advantage of you so not only are you lo- losing autonomy of your body in the in- instance of being raped but now your body belongs to another being because you're interested to grow them. We know that that's how babies are born. We know that's what could happen. And it's that reality, I would say. It's it's that reality knowing that not only was my body taken from me by a grown man, but now my body's being taken from me from a little person. And this little person is also half me. But mm. it's also half the person that took and abused me for what could have been a few moments. So I guess not to sidetrack too much here, but maybe I'm just a total douchebag for saying this. You tell me you're a lady, Mm -hmm. but shouldn't we focus more on self-defense and how to not be raped rather than this is what you do if you are raped? Or am I just an asshole for saying that? 
So I think there's a few things to it because a lot of rapes come from like, you know, people, you know, and are close to rather than yeah. just a stranger in a park. And, and a lot of rapes are even harder to prove sometimes. Because you can be in a situation, you could be drunk, you could be with one of your friends, someone's like forcing themselves on you, but it's really difficult to prove if you were raped or not. Um, but I think self-defense can go only but so far, but people would need to be responsible for that. So like knowing how to defend yourself, carrying pepper spray, like, but they the only real way, and I'm, I might be getting too far into it, to really make sure that someone's not going to try to overpower you and rape you is if, is if you have a gun. Yeah, and I guess I didn't really think it through when I was thinking about that because, like you said, you could be buzzed, drinking at a party, and a guy that you actually really like, you guys are messing around but you don't want to bang, and he forces himself on you, but you're drunk. You don't have a gun then. You're mm -mm. hanging out with this dude consensually. You don't have the means to necessarily protect yourself. So that, mm -hmm. I guess, cause I don't know what for what, maybe I'm not a, well, not, there's no maybe. I'm not a raper, so I don't think like a rapist. <laughs> Where's he going with this? But, because I, I don't know, me immediately think like if a woman's being raped for whatever reasons, like somebody at the park, she was jogging and somebody grabbed her and drug her into the woods. That's what I think of when rape. I don't think of like how easily you actually could be raped if you're a woman, if you're just having fun and loose and relaxed. Because mm -hmm. I'm not a woman I don't, and yeah. I'm not a raper, so I don't think about it. Yeah. I think it's some murderer in the woods <laughs> exactly it's usually like substances involved and then you also have to start thinking about that psychological part of it too like the woman now is just like i put myself in this situation like i was drinking out of, like too much and someone i wasn't paying attention to my drink someone put something in it or mm -hmm. i put myself in the situation to be hanging out with this guy and I thought he was good and now my judgment's poor and it's just a lot of these different things and ultimately with the rape discussion I understand like it's very much a cliche of two wrongs don't make a right but there's two victims in this situation yeah that's the thing the child that never asked to be here or to be conceived out of a rape and the woman who was just raped and had the one sense of security, which is your body, you are in control of, taken away from you. Mm -hmm. And then you're also not going to be able to have freedom, if you will, or have say over what you do to, for your body for nine months or so. Like, th there's a lot there, so it's not something to... Take, take lightly yeah, or, or be insensitive about yeah. not saying that you are being insensitive, not saying, not saying <laughs> that for having a pro-life position that I'm insensitive to it. Cause not everyone thinks the same way. We just need to take an objective stance. Always put yourself in that third person outside looking in and just look at the facts of it. You were raped. This man took advantage of you. We all know how babies are made. Unfortunately, in this situation, a baby was conceived. There's two victims here. The baby didn't ask to be here. You didn't ask to be put in that situation. But at the end of the day, would you have preferred 
the rapist just kill you because then you wouldn't have been here. Like it's the same kind of thing. Like you mm-hmm. can't just and that might be a stretch, but I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna stand for I'm not gonna retract. I'm gonna stand firm on that. It's the same kind of thing. Like you would be now committing a crime against somebody else too. So is it two wrongs don't make a right or two crimes make it better? Mm-hmm. Interesting. All right. Sorry to segue. I was just, I don't know why I thought that would be an interesting, well, it was an interesting conversation. Yeah. California. Yes. Yeah, so California. <laughs> it is legal until the point of fetal viability. Um, Colorado allows abortion until fetal viability. Um, genetic. Oh, sorry, it, I got another thing. Yep. What is fetal viability? So that's the thing, like when it's possible for the baby to survive without the mother's body. So does that include like in the NICU, in the incubator, all of that? That's like, mm-hmm. what's what's the youngest baby that's ever survived in there? They get born at like six weeks, don't they? So that's way cr- that's crazy. I don't know about that. <laughs> I think the earliest I've heard of was like twelve to fifteen. Okay, and that's wanna... right when they're doing the cutoff to kill them, pretty much anyway, right? Yes, because like Britain, France, most of the other places, their cutoff is fifteen. Um, Connecticut allows abortion. Only up to the point of fetal viability, unless necessary to preserve the woman's life or health. Okay. Um, what I just pulled up, James Elgin Gill was born in Ontario, blah, blah, blah. 21 weeks gestation. He set a record when he was born for the world's most premature baby. What year was that? Eight, 1987. I mean, this is a quick I'm Google. saying when was the article written is what I'm saying. Uh, March 17th, 2022. Okay, so maybe that is it. I don't know why I thought it was earlier, but maybe not. Well, we don't like Google, but sometimes Google is your friend. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Delaware allows abortion until the point of viability. Georgia has a 15-week ban, um, but not in cases of incest, rape, or human trafficking. Um, Georgia, six weeks. Uh, Hawaii fully legalized abortion up to the point of viability. Uh, Idaho, six weeks. Look at this real quick. Yes. Look how this baby was born 21 weeks. Mm -hmm. Look how little he is, but fully formed. You're telling me six weeks ago he looked completely different than that and wasn't a baby? I mean, if you ever get the chance, Mm -hmm. listeners, go look up what a 21-week-old baby looks like when they're outside the womb. That's not a full-grown baby, but a fully formed baby. And I I think that's why a lot of countries stop at 15 weeks, because 14 weeks, they have fingers, they have arms, like, like, they they look like they're babies. Yeah. It's a baby. And I I think that's why, because that's when you really see it. Like that 12 to 15 weeks, you could see it all. Mm-hmm. But they still, most of these states you read and allow abortions up to 15 weeks. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, I don't agree with abortion at all, but I guess I could see, like, if you got pregnant and five days later found out you're, you're killing what would become that. 
in a few weeks, which mm-hmm. is bad in itself, but it's not as bad as seeing a 15-week-old mm-hmm. baby. You know what I mean? Exactly. Well, yeah, go ahead. Carry on. Illinois up to the point of viability. Indiana was a little it's tricky because they wanted a near total ban that would make providing an abortion a felony in almost all cases, but it's tied up in a lot of litigation. Mm-hmm. Um, so right now it's technically allowed up to 22 weeks, but with strict limitations, including bans on abortion, medication after 10 weeks and requirements for state directed counseling and ultrasound and at least 18 hours before an abortion meant most abortions happen in the first 13 weeks of pregnancy. Um, Iowa is 20 weeks. Kansas is 22 weeks. 20 weeks. Yep. That's Iowa. what we're looking at right here. This baby mm-hmm. is 20 weeks old. That's a, that's a baby. Yep. Kansas is 22 weeks. Kentucky wanted to ban it almost completely, I believe. Abortion in Kentucky still remains illegal from the point of fertilization with only limited exceptions. Um... Louisiana abortion is completely banned in Louisiana with very limited exceptions because of a new Louisiana law that went into effect um, June of 2022. The only um, situation is substantial risk of death or permanent impairment under certain circumstances. Maine allows abortion to to fetal viability. And beyond that, in cases of life endangerment, Maryland, abortion is... Until the point of viability, Massachusetts, viability, Michigan, viability, Minnesota, viability, Mississippi, um, outlaws all abortion except in case of rape or to save the life of the patient. But which patient? Um, Missouri invoked a trigger law banning all abortions with an exception if the life of the mother is at stake, but not in cases of rape or incest. Montana, 24 weeks. That's halfway done. Nebraska, 22 weeks. What's the pregnancy? 40 weeks? Mm-hmm. 24, you're over halfway done. You're six months. Nevada, um, 24 weeks. New Hampshire, 24 weeks. Um, it can be after if there's... In the case of fatal fetal fetal abnormalities. Do we have any of these states? Now, I don't know how true this is, but I've heard through the grapevine that some of these states are trying to do like late, late term abortions, like until the, you could be about to give birth, but the day before you could get it killed. New Jersey has no restriction whatsoever. So there's one right there. Yep. (laughs) Did you already already read that? No, I just got there. Oh, okay. (laughs) I was like, wait. New New Mexico, same thing. There's no limit on abortion. I think there's only one area that is, but it's like a, it's, I I I think it's like a reservation. Mm -hmm. So I think that might be why. Um, There wasn't a ton of information on it. I think it's like, Hudson or something. And you could probably look it up. You don't have to live in these states to get health care there, right? So if you're at any time in America, you can drive to, what, New Jersey or New Mexico mm-hmm. and get rid of your baby at any stage of pregnancy. Possibly, because they have to take your information down. And if they're, if you come from a state that has restrictions, like you can't go to another state to have it done. Wasn't this why, like, 
companies like banks and I think Tesla, Elon Musk was saying, will pay for your travel to go to a different state to get an abortion. Because only some states will do that. But if you live in a state that has it banned for you to get an abortion, they'll even say for if you go to a different state. So, I mean, Tesla, like, that's great and all, but you also need to be taking on some attorney fees. Oh, yeah, because your state then could come after you for Ex- violating their rules. Exactly. Because you're a resident of that state. I think one of them said up, you could be fined up to 10 years and $100,000. If you go to another state. Yeah, which state is that? Let me see if I can find it. This is wild. I did not know... All Arkansas. of the state's rules. They, they're Makes the ones. Providing an abortion a felony punishable by up to 10 years in prison or a fine of up to 100000 Well, wait. They're That's saying providing. in their state. Yeah. So, I mean, I can only imagine if you're going to a different state. Mm-hmm. I didn't see it say that it didn't have any. Some of them specified if they had. Um, if, it, if, you can, if you can go out of state and you won't have any issues. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Honestly, you should probably just err on the side of caution. So if it doesn't say that you can, you probably can't. Um, what? New York, right now, abortion is legal until viability. North Carolina is legal, bans after 20 weeks and six days. Um, North Dakota, 21 weeks and six days. Uh, because, so... It says, because of a 2022 Supreme Court ruling, providers in North Dakota have temporarily paused or stopped scheduling abortion services. Because I believe it's supposed to end up being outlawed. Mm -hmm. But they're having all sorts of issues. And theirs, I believe, has restrictions on they would come after the provider. So they're just like, we're not doing anything until we get an answer on what's going on. Um, Ohio is six weeks. Oh, there we go. I mean, it's bad enough as it is, but at mm-hmm. least Ohio's making sure you can't go above that. Exactly. Anyone who performs... Oh, yeah. Oklahoma was a big one. That was a big one when Roe v. Wade came out and said anyone who performs an abortion at any point after fertilization could be subject to up to two to five years in prison unless the life of the mother is at risk because they're not supposed to have abortions at all. It's completely outlawed. Yeah, we haven't got there yet, I don't think, but doesn't Mississippi have some laws like that? Mississippi does when we passed it. Oh, we already read Mississippi? Yeah, we're on O. Oh. <laughs> Oregon. <laughs> it is legal and there is no limit. Um, there's no limit based on how far along you are. So I think that's one of the ones you're talking about. Pennsylvania is 24 weeks. Um, what about Puerto Rico there? Puerto Rico, 22 weeks. Uh, Rhode Island is legal until viability. Oh, so real quick, these these states that are 20 plus weeks are the ones where you're seeing the, because um, you can look up aborted babies, which is morbid, but you can look at it. Those are the ones where you're seeing where it's full grown arms, mm-hmm. legs, everything. They're probably getting them babies from these states that you can do it. Like, yeah. Yep. And, uh, then, and then real quick, I know we're getting off on tangents as we always do, but did you see the scandals where Planned Parenthood was selling these baby parts? Mm-hmm. That's insanity. What are they doing with baby parts that they're selling? Some sort of satanic rituals? I can almost guarantee it. I don't know. But they're using a lot of things because I think that's like... Stem uh, cells? I was going to say stem cells. They use it for cancer research. And stem cells apparently can heal a whole bunch of stuff. Um, yeah. 
That's just insane right there that Planned Parenthood sells baby parts. Well, I mean, they were leaving babies that were born alive at various stages. So, like, young, young stages. So, honestly, that that baby that was the first one for at 21 weeks, there have been babies that were born alive and probably would have continued to live if it wasn't for them just letting them die. They pull them out, they're alive, and they let them die because they didn't chop them out and suck them out. And there was the... Uh, what was it in DC? This is a couple years ago when COVID and everything was going on. They there was evidence of them drowning these babies. Like it, oh yeah, it, I just seen a video like two days ago that was two doctors. They had two little baby aborted fetuses and they were like playing with them to music, like making them dance and stuff. Like mm-hmm. these people are sick. They are one hundred percent under the satanic antichrist hive mind. The whole system of murdering children is a satanic ritual in and of itself the satanic church says that they want to keep abortions legal because it interferes with freedom of religion because they call abortion a satanic ritual in their religion i mean they come out and tell you what they think this stuff is what they know it is what it is but everybody wants to just oh they're just doing it shock value blah 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 like no these are demons and I think the thing is, is if people were just having abortions and that was the end of it, like not doing all this extra stuff or I don't think people would necessarily talk about it as much. Like if if you do what you're going to do, we don't support it. Some people don't want anything to do with it. People don't want to pay for it for you to be able to do it, which is why a lot of people didn't want Roe v. Wade to stay because your tax dollars was going to make it available for other people to abort babies and kill babies, even if you didn't agree with that. Um, The people, I think they forget like what you're saying, where it really rooted in Mm -hmm. because, but people must not forget because when Roe v. Wade was being overturned, people all these videos came out on youtube saying like to build a shrine or an altar to your abortion and this woman was taking all these things out she's like i have this here to um, talk about my innocence and this to to, for protection like all these different had candles everywhere like literally building an altar for her abortion and it was just like you're saying like it it's demonic like that's witchcraft that's a whole bunch of other stuff that we can get into either at the end of this episode or in a different episode because i think we should probably do something on the supernatural type stuff yeah we talk about it every time Mm -hmm. for a quick minute (laughs) because that that was not something i was expecting but people were seeing were watching as if it was not a big deal and here's the thing even if you are one of the people that support abortion and you say it's a woman's right to choose and it's part of women's health care that's fine you have your own opinion that's okay whatever but you can't deny the fact that if you turned on social media during the roe v wade overturning deal it was literally, there's literally people running around like, I want to murder babies, kill babies. I love to kill babies. Walking around with yeah. dead fetuses and, and then the satanic rituals and the altars and all that. Like, you can't deny 
that there's something evil about it. Even if you think it's for good and for women's health, there's also this massive evil demonic aspect about it that's in your face and it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. You can't it's undeniable. And like if we really are worried about women's ability to like choose for themselves, like to, their body, but also not having to go into poverty, why is it that all of the government assistance programs that a lot of progressive individuals say are good and necessary make it impossible or aren't available to those that are doing well for themselves. Like if they find themselves in a bad situation, like that woman that makes 50 grand a year and still needs a little bit of assistance because maybe she lives in, she lives in an area where like she needs childcare and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. Like if, they were given assistance like that and there is reform to the government assistance. Like let's say there is a I don't know, daycare allowance up for the first yeah, X amount of time. That's called real help for real people and we don't do that here. See that's that's the thing. Like if <laughs> if there was reform for that and they would it would generate a ton of jobs because they would have social workers to make sure that they're coming in to make sure that the women have the ability to keep their job, have the access to all the government assistance that's afforded to them, not only for people that make no money at all, like you're going to be destitute and left in poverty. Like, no, for, for the average American to help them get by so then one and it, and it would be for a set amount of time it's not an indefinite thing that's why you'd have the social workers to ensure that it's actually still necessary and once they get to a certain age where they're school age then it can just cut off wouldn't that be nice but instead they want you dependent and in poverty in exactly. order to get their assistance because you'll depend on it for the rest of your lives mm-hmm. if they were to take somebody that makes 50 60 grand a year that's doing well then they have a child and now they're doing a little bit less well, which they, in all reality, they would still do just fine. Mm-hmm. But if they needed that help for daycare, that, mm-hmm. you make a very valid point, but that's not something that's offered. It's you take the welfare or we will give you assistance, but you're going to get $18 a month. Thank you. Literally. Exactly. <laughs> and that's why I think that's the conversation people need to have. Why is it that these programs are only available to you if you don't have a job or if you make next to no money at all and then if you try to get a job they take it away it's because we know why it's Mm -hmm. to keep you there keep you dependent exactly and they're like well i mean you could also just kill your baby and then you won't be in that situation you know like and people don't talk about the psychological things the mental health aspect we talk about mental health all day whether it came to covid and after covid and depression but a lot of women, a large number of women have mental health issues after having an abortion. And sometimes it's within the very next few days, weeks, months. Some it takes years before it actually like sets in. And for a lot of people, it's it sets in, it's a progression and they deal with it their entire lives. One of my friends her mom had an abortion before she had her and her sister. And to this day, this woman's 50 plus years old. It still eats at her. Oh, I bet. Mm-hmm. 
There was a study I was reading the other day that was talking about that where they studied. I want to say it was like the turnaway study or something mm-hmm. where they studied women that got an abortion and women that were denied an abortion. And they, they said what we're talking about where like, oh, the women that were denied an abortion, they got it into poverty and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And the women that were not denied an abortion lived far better lives. But then it goes on to say later, if you keep reading that a lot of the time, because they monitored them for five years afterwards, mm-hmm. a lot of the times the women that got the abortions weren't showing up to be monitored. They'd miss appointments and not show up. Why do you think they weren't showing up? They say that, oh, they're doing great, blah, 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 that people doing the study say they're doing, that the patients are doing great, but that's not the case. That's why they're not showing up to re-talk about the abortion that they just had because they're not doing great. But they want to play it out like, oh, they're doing just fine. Exactly. They don't want to think about what actually happened because when you talk about it. It brings it all it, back up. It's a form of trauma mm-hmm. and it's, in a lot of ways, it's making women sick. It's putting them in a situation where they have a mental instability and it makes it hard for them to accept what happened and realize the truth of what just happened because they know what it is. But once you say it out loud, that makes it real. Yep. And it makes it hard for them then to trust other people because, I mean, people told them that this was the right thing to do. They thought this was the right thing to do. And then they find themselves in a situation where they're just like, I wish I hadn't done that. Yeah, think about this for just a quick second. All Mm -hmm. the food that we eat that's filled with chemicals and nonsense, what does it do to the body? It's unnatural. It starts Mm -hmm. making cancers and all kinds of different diseases, right? Mm -hmm. So if you do something that's unnatural, you were in a healthy pregnancy, everything was good, and you kill the baby, that is an unnatural thing. What do you think it's going to do to the body and the mind and the Mm -hmm. spirit? That's something that will break your soul, literally. And there are cases where women aren't able to have babies afterwards Mm -hmm. or not naturally. They might have to do IVF and a lot of other different things. And it's, it's a sad reality, but that is what's going on. And one of the things is that they're, people if we want to talk about reform really quickly like there's this service and this is an option for women that if they're pregnant and they choose to keep their baby there are families out there that will take in and support your baby from birth up till its first for its entire first year of life however long you need to get yourself together you can see the baby as often or as little as you want. But at that year, you come to the table and you're ready to take care of that, take care of your child. Like that's a service that I think if a lot of women knew was an option, then they would take it. And something that I think needs to be considered is all the options that are out there and let's let's take reform for example if let's say you have uh you make fifty thousand dollars a year and your job only gives you let's say two months for maternity leave so you're going to need a daycare and you can't afford it daycare nowadays you're looking at thousands upon thousands of dollars a month like i believe it's like in some places twelve hundred dollars a week $2,400 for a month. Like it's, it's absurd how much money it costs, but they know you need it. So if there was 
government assistance for them to say, okay, you have two months of maternity leave, your assistance or your daycare assistance um, kicks in when you return to work, you get your return date, you call this agency or you call your social worker and then they reach out to a childcare that you have found that is within their network or part of their program. And the next thing you know, they tell you, okay, you're able to send your child here for $300 a month instead of the $2,000 a month that you were looking at. And that kicks and you can keep that as a progression, but then they're just going to reevaluate how much assistance you get based on if you get raises or move up in the company or if you get married or or have someone else in the family that's able to in the household to help you and assist you with like the costs and stuff like that. And they can just keep adjusting it. It can be a, it's an easy system to implement because as long as these daycares are getting the funding back from the government to make up that difference, there's no issue at all. And that can continue until they're at the age to go to school which then they're in school, you know, to worry about it. And then you didn't lose this time. Like you had to pay $300 instead of $2,400. Isn't that amazing though, that uh, all these companies will pay for you to go get an abortion, but they won't help you pay to put the kid in daycare while you continue to work or anything like that. Exactly. Like some companies will have like child care, care available for like, you know, last minute emergency dire need. Uh, my mother worked at step two. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you guys have seen the step two mailboxes and all the toys that step two makes. Mm-hmm. They had a daycare there and mm-hmm. I went to it. I thought that was kind of interesting that they, they had their own daycare that was free just for the employees to use. See, that's the thing growing up. My parents, their company had a daycare, but it was only for like, you can only send your kid there a couple times. Like It couldn't be a regular thing. I was there every day. See, that's the thing. Like, <laughs> go step two, because if right? more companies did that, they would have much better turnout. Oh, yeah. Why would you work? leave? My mom worked there for 25 years. Mm-hmm. Why would you leave a company that not only is paying you well, but are going to help you? to take care of your kids so you can come to work. Now, obviously they're benefiting. The company's Mm -hmm. benefiting more than the people are because now your people are back at work. But that just, I don't know, that's a simple thing that seems like a lot of people should do, a lot of companies should do. And if companies, like let's say this was actual government program, right? And if companies paid into this and the government told them like this could be a tax write-off, offer all of your employees child care reimbursement program or child care assistance program so that way you're not having to pay out of pocket and wait for the company to reimburse you Mm -hmm. no just this government whatever system that provides affordable child care the company pays for it they get a write-off so they're gonna make tons of money back everyone benefits now your employees there at work or they can also double dip have their company have the child care like step two does on site so then they can just deduct it right from your from your salary mm-hmm. they can take it right from your paycheck isn't it amazing the things that they actually could do but they don't do because 
of whatever nefarious agendas. Let's send $40 billion to Ukraine. How about that? Instead of helping the American people, just in simple situations like that, helping people with health care or child care, rather, mm-hmm. we would spend the money somewhere else doing something stupid. Honestly, but, like, send us an email if you think that this would be something that's possible. Because honestly, I don't understand why nobody, why no one's ever tried to pass something like that or push something. Like, I get why they haven't, but if someone took the time to truly write out something like that, it's job growth. It's going to help the economy. It's going to help people progress in their career and move up because they're at work. Like you're going to have such better morale with your employees. Like talk about a booming economy, sending people to work. Exactly. I mean, imagine the, we wouldn't even be having this abortion conversation if we had things like this and if we had an mm-hmm. actual community. But what has happened is this computer here, our cell phones, all the things we do has separated us from the community. Because mm-hmm. typically, I, I want to say for sure that there's always been abortions because people do dumb stuff, right? But I'm willing to bet in the 30s and the 20s and the 40s when people were way more connected to each other and helped each other to raise children, abortion wasn't even on the agenda. No, because it was was socially, like, not great. You might have been looked down upon, but your family's still taking care of you. Your family, your neighbors, your church. Mm -hmm. That's the problem today is nobody has that anymore. Like, sure, we wave to our neighbors. Sometimes you might have some good relationships with them, but you can see it everywhere. For the most part, people are very alone. I know, and that's... It didn't help when everyone was in lockdowns because you truly were mm-hmm. alone. The only connection you had was your devices. But at the end of the day, well, you turn that device off and you're just home. That's their fault, though, because you didn't have to listen to the lockdown. Well, you, you know, I I was fine being at, I was still getting paid. So I was fine being at home for, two, for getting paid to stay home and I was watch still, Netflix and watch Outer work. Banks. Uh, we were driving trucks. We were... <laughs> eating food from gas stations and not washing our hands. We were what the uh, Joe Biden would call super spreaders because <laughs> we did not give a crap about the rules. I know. Yep. And I'm still here today. I'll say you alive and well. for two days. <laughs> no issues. Fine. No shots. Even though this podcast is, we always got a shout out brought to you by Pfizer. Pfizer. <laughs> <laughs> like we need, need that algorithm. <laughs> yep. Brought to you by Pfizer. Pfizer. <laughs> All right. So we got a few more states. Uh, anything else we want to say? Closing statements. What do we got? So South Carolina outlaws at six weeks, except exceptions for rape or incest. Um. Tennessee effectively bans abortion unless it can be proven in court that the mother's life is at stake. That went into effect in August. Texas, their trigger law from 2021 is now in effect, criminalizes abortion from the moment of fertilization unless there is a life-threatening medical emergency or a risk of substantial impairment of major bodily function. So this was one, Utah. It says abortion is legal in Utah. However, Utah bans abortion after 18 weeks and zero days. It says a new Utah law that completely banned abortion in Utah went into effect June 24th. Right now, though, that law is being challenged in the courts and it is currently not in effect. With Roe v. Wade overturned, a trigger law passed, blah, blah, blah. 
and it makes performing an abortion a second-degree felony in Utah, punishable by up to 15 years in prison and a $10,000 fine. It took effect immediately after, and then obviously it's now being tied up and being challenged, but said that the exceptions were in the case of rape, incest, or life-threatening pregnancy. Abortion is also permissible under this law in the case of a fatal defect or severe brain abnormality in the fetus. This exception does not include Down syndrome, cerebral palsy, or other conditions that don't result in a vegetative state. Yeah, so that's Margaret Sanger's eugenics plan right there, where if Mm -hmm. you were a tax on society or undesirable, we could get rid of you. And Mm -hmm. that's Utah. They got Mm -hmm. strict laws on abortion, but if you're retarded, bye. That's the thing, like it's... And that's a state that's usually considered pretty red, pretty conservative. It's mm-hmm. like the hub for Mormonism. And well, the Mormons L- are one thing right, for right. the LDS. Like I'm just saying, they're a religious body that can that condemns abortion. But these are the individuals that are choosing or electing these individuals and they're on the boards to pass these laws well, and to write them. I don't put it past the Mormons. Okay. okay. So Vermont, oh, abortion is legal in Vermont. There is no limit. Um, Virginia is 25 weeks. Washington state is viability. Um, DC, Washington DC doesn't have any limits. Um, West Virginia is completely banned due to a new law that has gone into effect. It is legal to travel out of state to get an abortion. That's why, like, they specify. A lot of the other bills don't necessarily say. So I would think if they're not saying it's legal to travel, it probably isn't. Mm-hmm. Um, Wisconsin, actually, um, abortion providers in Wisconsin have temporarily stopped offering abortion services because of an old law that bans abortion completely that officials may start enforcing. And all these states that have all these different rules and laws, are these laws from the people or the representatives of the state making these laws based on what they think their voters would want? So it's based on what they think their voters would want. I think Kansas was the only one to actually have like an open forum for people to come out and vote for what they wanted. And that's why Kansas has the law that they do that making abortion available. But Oklahoma, he said, the governor, he said, I listened to what the constituents wanted, um, whether it was poll survey, what have you. And he said they wanted a full out ban. But honestly, you weren't seeing people rioting at Oklahoma. Like, I they, I think he truly... They rioting in Mississippi? I don't think they were either. Really? I haven't really heard much about it. Huh. I haven't looked. Where are people rioting? So people rioting in like Portland and Chop people, Chaz. People were, were rioting in DC. I mean, people like marching in DC. People were marching but in PA outside the building for their state. They're marching for the country, basically. Exactly, because it's the issue is they want a one size fit all. That's what Roe v. Wade was. It mm-hmm. was a one size fits all, but it, it doesn't fit all. And people choose to live where they want to live based off of their morals or values, the people that are around them, so on and so forth. And if Sally that lives in Mississippi doesn't believe abortion is morally right or should be legal, then 
she shouldn't have to pay for it or live in a state that does. But if, if Jimmy in California thinks that, you know, if you want to terminate, kill your baby when you're in labor, then so be it. Like then you can think whatever you want about it, but it is, this is America and Jimmy can do whatever he wants at the, at the moment. So California can do that, but people, it, we can't do a one size fits all because it doesn't fit that way. Now you could probably do a one size fits all if you rectify and you can reconcile the fact that babies are humans, whether you can, whether they're in the womb or outside of. And if we say that every person, which a baby by definition in the rabbit trail of that definition comes back to the baby being a person, then we could make an argument that a one size fits all abortion needs to be outlawed altogether. Mm-hmm. What else we got? So we got to get closing up on this. The last one is Wyoming. And it says right now is legal up until viability, which is the state of pregnancy, blah, blah, blah. Usually happens around 24 weeks. So I think what it comes down to is we all know that abortion is killing a baby is killing a human being's offspring and we have to accept that there is an obligation for in a constitutional right for everyone to have the opportunity for life liberty and the pursuit of happiness and that first one, the right to life, is what people need to think about. And we just need to be advocates for those that can't advocate for themselves. And that aside, what we can all agree on and whether you call it abortion or terminating a pregnancy or anything like that, it's, it's abortion is the discussion of the legality of murdering a, an innocent life. That's just, that's what it is. And we can recognize that's what it is. We can also recognize that there isn't a one size fits all it, but what we do know is that people are entitled to their own opinion, but that doesn't make it the truth. And the truth of the matter is innocent lives are being slaughtered millions upon millions every year. And the discussion truly is talking about the love of self and putting yourself first, but at the expense of somebody else and in any other situation that would be seen as a bad thing. That's right. We can obviously draw that this is a conversation that needs to be able to be had with many people and not just uh, like, like Marie said, a one size fits all. We can't have that. We need to have an open dialogue with everybody without being able to get mad at each other and straw man arguments and reverting to just insulting each other's characters. This is something that needs to be discussed and talked about. Outrage and emotion isn't going to 
give us the answers. It's not going to solve anything for us. It's up to us to come together and devise a solution and talk things out. Um, thank you for listening to us tonight. Thank you for being here. If you have any questions or comments or concerns or just want to talk about what we talked about today, we're open to discuss things with you as well. We'd like to interact. Um, I'll give it over to Marie to give you our links to our different social media outlets. Yeah, so you can find us on Twitter at the Come What May podcast, but our Twitter handle is capital C, capital W, capital M, lowercase a y underscore podcast. So CW May underscore podcast, but the C, the W, and the M are capitalized. So CW May underscore podcast for Twitter. Um, our email is come what may podcast at yahoo.com. Again, that's just the name of the podcast, come what may, no spaces at ya- podcast at yahoo.com. Alrighty, everyone. Thank you. Have a good night or good day or wherever you're at. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Bye.